Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. And you're listening to Wine, the Long and the Short of It. In proud partnership with Give Wine a Future. So in this episode, we're going to talk about wine regions. Our favourites, Linda? Some of our favourites, I suppose, because uh, I have quite a few, as do you. Um, but uh, no, let's let's deep dive and take a trip to... I'm going first, am I? Okay, yeah, you go first. Uh to Bordeaux, Bordeaux. <laughs> okay, uh, right. So I want to tell a little story actually about my first trip to Bordeaux. Okay, and it was my lovely partner uh, Niall, and he had booked a surprise trip to Bordeaux, and okay. we went. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, so it was for my thirtieth birthday, a big surprise. Because can I just say that's a fabulous gift? I mean. Very thoughtful of a guy. So no, sweet. I mean, Bordeaux, you know, it's it's not your typical for 30 year old. Do you know? Well, <laughs> obviously you know, he knew you were mega into wine. He knew that I was into wine yeah. and, you know, wanted something special. He wanted something special for me. Uh, so basically what he did was he, he arranged a surprise trip and we went over to um, a little countryside chateau outside of um, Bordeaux, first of all, called Chateau Sousac. And I was just, we got to the airport, hired a car and we drove to this place and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So we stayed there for three nights and had the most incredible, incredible time. Like it was four poster beds, swimming pool, like a, an actual um, cute, cute couple called Nell and Joe were the owners and they were both from Ireland. Wow. And they actually uh, restored this 17th century chateau and we stayed there for three nights and had a ball. They We didn't leave the place at all for the whole time. They cooked for us they cooked for you. They cooked for us. Joe cooked uh, all the beautiful French cuisine and we had wines from their vineyards, Chateau Sousac. Now, it was available in O'Brien's. It's not anymore. So basically, uh, it is no longer owned by them. Unfortunately, Joe passed away a few years ago and Nell, uh, the, the wife, uh, bought another little chateau that she's doing up herself. And again, it's just a lovely Lovely story, lovely couple and a lovely, there's loads of these little countryside little boutique places that, you know, it, it wasn't mega money. Well, <laughs> I don't know how much he put, I'm sure he spent a fortune on me, of course. But that was just uh, a little kind of off the beaten track place, uh, countryside to Bordeaux. But then... What didn't, part of Bordeaux are you in? You don't know. Chateau Susac. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so then he brought me to Bordeaux itself, Saint Emilion. And... Guess who rocked up? I was sitting there having a cafe au lait and uh, 12 of my friends and family were there. No way. Mm-hmm. I know, isn't he a sweetheart? Oh my God. I know, I know. He's amazing. Yeah, he's he's Mr. Smooth in my phone book still all these years <laughs> later because he was just so charming and that, you know, what? And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so we had an absolute ball and we, we did. Obviously, I was expecting my first child at the time. And, um, did I say that well, already? No, you didn't oh, say that. Oh, I didn't that. say that. Okay, so sorry. Of, um, yes. That's a detail that, yeah. Yeah. So it was the most amazing trip ever, except for the fact that I was expecting that you were my first by child. All this wine uh, yeah. And, and he had right. booked, arranged everything like probably a year in advance and had 12 of my family and friends there. So obviously. It's amazing. It was amazing, but the fact that I couldn't drink the wine was a little bit of a mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway didn't we book and go again six months later <laughs> after no no a year and six months later when the baby was six months so 
Anyway, so anyway, I have a soft spot for Bordeaux mm. and uh, there's loads to do, especially in Santa Milan. It's a beautiful medieval town um, that basically you can do these, you can book a private tour, you can do um, wine trails, uh, you can cycle around the place. It's just so beautiful and quaint and the views are unreal. Vineyards everywhere. So there's just so much that you can do and um, it's not just red wine. It is not just red wine. People think, oh, it has to be, you know, the big Bordeaux classics, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. But there's also whites. And I think the more you kind of go into the local stores and you pop in and out and there's loads of wines available to taste. So definitely um, that would be a place that is unreal um, to visit. If you're brand new to wine and you just want to, an easy stop, it's only a, a two hour flight from, from Dublin mm-hmm. and most major cities would have direct flights to there. And it's only like a 20 minute uh, drive from the airport. So, yeah, gorgeous. I have a recommendation later on, but it actually is not a red um, Bordeaux, it's a white. Oh, great. Okay. G- good because um, Bordeaux Blancs don't get enough of a mention, I think. I have a story about that as well. I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. What about you? Where is your favourite wine read? I think mine is pretty (laughs) obvious. Where would that be? Do you want to hazard a guess? Uh, Would it be (laughs) Jerez? Jerez. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, I have to, obviously, you know, Jerez is the ultimate wine region for me um, for many reasons, both personal and um, professional, you know. Obviously, it's it's Fly um, the flag. Well, Jerez sure. is like a, a from what I can see. Obviously, I'm biased. We all know this, <laughs> but from what I can see, it's kind of like the mecca of the wine world for yeah. a lot of people who, who are, are in the really wine profession. Into wine, yeah, 100%, yeah, who yeah. understand wine or are engaged in wine studies and so on. And in in you know, right throughout all the years that I was studying wine, I always met people in the classroom who would say, "Oh my God, Jerez, I love it!" Or I can't wait to get there and. And I can't wait to visit. And it is something really spectacular and special when you go. I know you haven't been yet, Linda. To-do list 2023. 2023, OK. Um, where to begin? I, I don't know. But look, I think the whole thing is really the history around Hereth. I think that Hereth really lives up to everything it's perceived to be in terms of just dripping in this you know, unique history of the sherry trade that goes back centuries. Um when you go, it's just the feel of the town. It's very old world. Um, you have your cobblestone streets, the really old architecture. And for me, I, I mentioned this in another episode. You know, the smell of the sherry mm-hmm. in the air. I, I feel as soon you know, as you land, as off soon the as, plane. You, as you, well, if you if you, are, you can I'm taste just, the smell. Uh, yeah. Well, look, just to mention this in terms of logistics, people think, oh God, it must be too hard to get to. It's not. You get a flight, Ryanair go from Dublin to, to Seville and you can hop on a train to Hedeth and you're there, you know, within the hour. So it's it's actually quite accessible. Um, you, there is an airport in Hedeth, but unfortunately, Dublin, there are no direct flights. But um, from London, there well, is. Well, if we get a posse going, they might have to put one on for us. We'll yeah, do exactly. It. <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous. It's aesthetically a very beautiful town. And there are bodegas, sherry wineries everywhere you go, everywhere you turn. I mean, everybody knows Tio Pepe. It's obviously an icon, iconic brand. And um, the winery that makes Tio Pepe is Gonzalez Bias. And it's located smack bang in the centre of Hereth, right beside the old castle. I mean, you can literally, and right beside the old cathedral. When you walk into that central part of Hereth, it's just, you're walking around, there's all this beauty and there's this, you know, sherry winery and it's, um, 
It's just fabulous. I mean, because a lot of, you know, wineries, they don't really, they don't tend to be located in the centre of any town. Mm-hmm. They've had to expand um, and, what and move about, elsewhere. what about food? Like, would, is there loads of buzzy restaurants around the, the town then I'm as well? There. All right. Okay. Sorry. Um, but I, uh, Theo Pepe, I, I, I'm not referencing Theo Pepe per se, as in there's wineries everywhere you go in Jerez. So you're spoiled for choice. Um, the cuisine is like mind blowing, you know, I mean, People, I'm not going to get into sherry. It's hard for me not to, though, in a way, but I'm, I'll try not to. When you think about the typical sherries that are are consumed down in this part of Spain, you're talking about the finos and the manzanillas. They're really dry. They're white, dry, uh, fortified wines. They're seriously pungent and salty and, you know, fresh. And they they pair with the food down there so brilliantly. So you're talking about, you know, your platters of fried fish, your salty almonds, your olives, your Iberico hams and so on. And like the nothing beats sitting on the street of any old bar in Jerez, mm-hmm. watching the world go by with a glass of like chilled fino and, you know, your your little tapas. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, if you are, are a foodie, you know, Jerez is is a must, like it's it's a must uh, visit destination. And then, of course, you have San Lucar down the road, and that's literally 15, 20, 20 minutes down uh, away from Jerez towards the coast. It's on an estuary. It's near a national park. Um, and there, San Lucar has been hailed the gourmet capital of Spain 2022. It's, it is, you know, mm. a gastronomic haven. Um, they have the langoustines from San Lucar Bay. Um, they have, you know, tor- they have a speciality, tortita de camarones. They're like little crispy shrimp fritters. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into Rick Stein, he did a program where he went down to Cadiz and he, he went to San Lucar and he covered, uh, he covered, he really covered it well, to be honest. But, um, yeah, a gastronomic haven. And again, gorgeous wineries down there. I got married in a winery down there, Bodegas Barbadillo. Um, <gasps> that and it winery was, is fab. Yeah, it is a fab winery. It's really historic. We we got married in an open courtyard while our guests were sipping away on, on manzanilla or a glass of cava or a beer if you weren't into your sherry. Don't worry. I do. I'm, I am inclusive. Really? Are you? <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say if people went into sherry and they go to the red, are they screwed? Not at all. <laughs> and actually now we have a whole host of, of brilliant still wines coming out of the Hedeth region. And, you know, we'll, we'll get on to that again. But um, no, there's something for everybody. Uh, so for me, it's it's just a brilliant destination if you're into wine or if you're into food and apart from the wine scene and the food scene there's a there's a host of other stuff going on I mean if you're into flamenco there's fabulous little flamenco bars and um you know you can do your your um your flamenco evening in any number of places so, I know you were you were were you born there yeah in Jerez, yeah so did you have a little cute little flamenco dress. You know I did because my sister posted it for my birthday the other day. You look so uh, cute. I was, yeah. You um, look so short. Yeah. <laughs> Not tall. <laughs> well, it was three. So, yeah. <laughs> Probably the um, same height as me now. <laughs> but that was for Fedia and that, that's another brilliant time to go down uh, to Jerez. Fedia is the spring festival where they celebrate the sherry and the food and it goes on for seven days right through the night. Every town has their own version of it and the women dress up in flamenco and there's the horse dress. What dressage. are the things called? The clicky things? They are the... Um, ah, come on. Stop. 
castanets. Thank you. <laughs> clicky things. <laughs> the clicky things. Um, yeah, so there's loads going on. There's a moto, uh, if you're into mo- Grand Prix, there's a moto, there's a circuit, a Grand Prix circuit. I don't know what you call it. People go down for that. People are go down for their golf. So just, yeah, fabulous region. And, you know, it's hot there, hot as hell in the summer. So it's nice. It's just a 20 minute drive from the coast. So you can spend a few days there and then you can head to the coast and go to one of the little beachy towns. So I can't obviously say enough about Hedeth. Um, yeah, definitely. Have you heard of a place called Gordon's Wine Bar in London? No. Um, so this is one of the oldest wine bars. It was it was opened in 1890 mm-hmm. and it's like in a, a little cave and it's, oh, it's so cute, candlelit, beautiful. But they have sherries by the glass and ports and Madeiras and fortified wines. Okay. And it's a lovely, so if you can't make it to Hareth, any, mm-hmm. of, our, any of our UK London <laughs> listeners, uh, you can... Uh, pop into Gordon's Wine Bar, tell them we sent you and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have, enjoy a gorgeous glass. Because mm. that's where I would have, when I lived in London and was mm. kind of only in my 20s getting into wine, that would be the wine bar I'd go to. And I tried lots of different, you could do Sherry Flight. Yeah. Uh, not a flight in the air, a flight of different wines that you try. And um, yeah, it's fab. So just, is there anywhere yeah, that you'd recommend uh, Noble here? Rot, sorry, in, in the UK, going yeah, back to London, yeah. Noble Rot does just about everything by the glass. So you should be able to taste lovely Gordon's sherry. is just like, it's like under like a railway station and it's candlelit and it's just so, mm-hmm. what you'd kind of picture from a real Gorgeous, old yeah. bodega. Um, here it's a bit trickier, I think, in terms of, um, I think we're, we're quite, we're, we're a bit more limited, but um You'll usually find a glass of sherry on, say, in most of the wine bars like Fallon and Byrne in the wine cellar definitely do. I think they have a Manzanilla. I can't remember which one. It could be La Goya. If you go for food to Uno Mas, they mm-hmm. have a fabulous selection of sherries there. Um, Callejuela is a, is a brand, a range of sherries that you see a lot here imported through Vinus Tito. You'll find them in a lot of the independents and restaurant wine lists. And they're, it's a fairly good benchmark for, for, okay. dec- for you know, for, for good quality sherry. Um, I think this is why I have long said. Oh, it's about Sherry Week. <laughs> when is Sherry Week? Actually, it's in November, that? so mm-hmm. we will definitely have to another talk episode on Sherry. Yeah. Okay. I. You know. Okay. We don't. We won't do a full episode. But I do want to say that I I've always talked about opening up a Sherry Bar in Dublin because you know I just feel that we're la- we're missing it. I know there's not enough people. You'll be the only person there. I might be the only. You might be the only customer. <laughs> You and me mates, you and me sherry mates, but no, um, I just think there's a there's room for you know like a real authentic, like authentic experience, authentic like that, experience yeah, with no, the barrels on the floor and the little tapas coming out and the lovely glasses. I wouldn't be only sherry, okay? Let's just okay, yeah. I'll get back to you on that one. Okay, watch this space. <laughs> Another project for Antonia. Okay, okay. So, any other wine regions you want to shout out to while we're here? Yeah, actually. Hmm. Um, I have a few more I'd like to mention. So this, um, do you know what? It was, <laughs> I have a few photographs. So anyone who is actually on our social media or or our email list will actually get these fabulous photographs <laughs> of us on these trips because um, I ha- I went to Porto with mm-hmm. a friend of mine where they, again, the fortified style wines, Port and uh, White Port, Tawny Port, Ruby Port. There's lots of different styles as there is with Sherry um, of Port. So it's not all this sweet stuff that you have to add to brandy. 
that your grandmother might have done. Uh, but Porto is a beautiful, beautiful city um, that I went to with a friend uh, about four years ago, I'd say. Um, two and a half hour direct flight from, from Dublin and a, only a 15 minute drive to the city. Real quick, do not wear high heels. <laughs> yeah. Please don't. I made the mistake. It's loads of cobblestones and so much walking. So bring your trainers and uh, it's it's so stunning. They've got the most quaint, colourful, rustic, really simple, stunning architecture all around the river um, in in the valley. And I would recommend doing the the boat tour, the cruise down um, and seeing the six bridges and everything. So in Porto itself, there's vineyards that you can go off and and visit. But in in the little town itself, this is where you go and taste all of the the big port houses, wines. Again, if you're not into these styles, there is still wine, white and red, all from Portugal around the, the region. And again, I went with a friend who wasn't really into port. Um, but what I did was I met her at the airport with a big suitcase and she had a little Mary Poppins bag that literally mm-hmm. a Barbie doll. I don't know how it would have packed in it. But anyway, she had this tiny bag. And I had a huge one. And I was like, why didn't you not bring a big bag to bring gorgeous ports home? Um, and uh, the photograph of me and her at the airport is just so funny. Me, yeah. me with a bag, bag the size of me. Um, but I, I stocked up, I tell you, I got my 10, 20 and 30 year old tawny ports, Lovely. which are just stunning. Um, so again, you don't have to be into this style of wine, but it's a way to experience it. And it's really reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't that expensive for where we stayed. Um, you know, you can stay closer to the main, like the to the river and you're paying for the, the view. Mm-hmm. We were like maybe two streets back and it was much cheaper and it's just a little stroll. Yeah. You know, you only put your head down there, really. But um, I would definitely do the boat cruise and I would do, there's a, a kind of lift, a railway lift thing that goes from one side of the river to the other because it's quite a long walk. Um, just to, to take in the views there of the river, of the Jura River is just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was there earlier this year or late last year for a boot camp. And it was my first time and I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. I love that. So uh, that, colourful that and beautiful. of the river and yeah. the both sides of the river. It's just so quaint and beautiful and those bars and the whole setting was gorgeous. We visited Taylor's as part of our, our little trip on a cork that, that supply. Was one of, that would be one of the the better experiences, I think, for, for consumers going in as well. I thought yeah. Taylor's was amazing. Yeah, Taylor's was great. We went to a cork producer because Portugal yeah. is a, a big producer of of corks of, mm-hmm. all, of all types um, and uh, no I agree I mean even if you're not hugely into port there are lovely options um, you know there's there are lighter styles They obviously white port and tonics that's and all I, that that's are really big that's what I fell now. in love with over there yeah. the white port and tonic instead of your gin and tonic yeah. and um, like again when, you, when you're really kind of into it when you try aged white ports as well there's nothing like it but again uh, please explore the Portuguese wines as well. We're actually going to a Portuguese wine fair soon for the yeah. trade and we'll be letting you know if there's any special finds from Portugal because it's a really, as we said, I think in one of our very first episodes, it's one of those countries that's completely underrated mm-hmm. and you get exceptional value. Yeah. Okay. Any other regions you want to mention? Um, well, I was meant to go to Napa for my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. But then this oh God. certain thing happened in the world and that didn't happen. So I'm just waiting for some magical surprise from Mr. Smooth any day now. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like he might deliver. He's, he's well, I hope be... he better listen. <laughs> Content, darling. 
Um, what about right, you? Niall, hope you're picking up on all the, the hints. Um, I was speaking of Napa. It was, it was one I was definitely going to mention. Um, oh, have it's you nice been? To mention, yeah, it's nice to mention New World as well, you know, because there's so many amazing Old World wine uh, regions to visit and, and they're obviously much more accessible but um, if you're inclined to do a bigger trip like the I West Coast of the weeks States there wouldn't you? Well, yeah I mean I've done several trips um, along the West Coast of the States I've done the sort of that Pacific Coast you know 101 from San Francisco right down to San Diego and a drove across the desert to Vegas and all in one. I actually went to Yosemite as well on that trip. So, I mean, it was a good three weeks, but it, it was a lot of mileage. Um, on this particular trip where we visited wineries, I went, we flew into Seattle actually um, in Washington and Seattle's fab, by the way. Great kind of Fraser food and wine. Rain. Yeah, great food Does and wine. it always raining? <laughs> no, well, it was actually, it was lashing. But it was March when I went Um so I wasn't, we weren't expecting great weather, but uh, Seattle's great. It's cool. It's got really, a really good, you know, food and wine scene. And also their craft beers are, are quite big, but even things like whiskey bars and mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, 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 yeah, it, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of culture in it. I mean, if you wanted to go to wine country up there, you'd be sort of heading east to Walla Walla, places like that. But that's a good four, four and a half hours. And that's like, it's inland and it's quite like desert-like. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's terrain and, and very extreme climates, but I, I we never, that was not the plan. That was not Okay, so where did you go? <laughs> so <laughs> we drove south um, to Oregon. Um, we went through Oregon and stopped. Uh, we obviously stopped at Port- in Portland, the, the capital, but we went on down to Willamette Valley, which is home to a lot of wineries there. We visited Archery Summit and Argyle um, on the way to a town called Bend. And um, yeah, I love those wineries. I love what they're doing there. It's all very cool climate. It's all very focused on your sort of um, Pinot Noirs mm-hmm. and uh, Pinot Gris and... Um, yeah, the the Syrahs and even Rieslings, they're doing gorgeous things there uh, with their wines. And um, actually, I remember when we were driving into Oregon from Washington, I have to mention this, and we kind of, we, we did a detour out to the coast. And where we entered into Oregon was a town called Astoria. And it's where the Goonies was filmed. I thought you were going to tell us a movie? story about it. <laughs> no, I'm not. But it was really, do you remember the Goonies? Yeah, that was totally showing your age there now, Antonia. Well, okay, but I just, I was like, oh my God, this is so So that was a film there? The Goonies, have you never seen it? That was filmed there, yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was a little, I I found myself there not realising I was there kind of thing. But anyway, um, we went on down from Willamette Valley into Northern California and we were making our way to to Napa. So we ended in Napa and... um, Napa is beautiful. Like it's Is it like Disneyland for, for adults? Oh, is this what is I've what been, you yeah, asked no, me. Yeah, I know. Like, You're like, what Disney? are you talking about? <laughs> but as, I haven't been yet. Okay. So I always picture this as being a real touristy commercially kind of place that was like, you're here, you're in Napa. I didn't find it to be that, but I found it to be very kind of polished and um, aesthetically, you know, um, beautiful and, you know, it, it's lush and it's, um, it's like it's kind of moneyed, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but and they've it, got so many tourists know, going. Like, I mean, but it they, doesn't feel touristy. No? no, I didn't. I didn't feel like I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that it was super touristy. I just felt it was moneyed and everything was very um, moneyed. Polished. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm very moneyed. But I mean, of course. I mean, I, I just. I mean, the price of land there and and ah, know, yeah, you know. Um, 
And we based ourselves in Rutherford, but you can go to any number of towns, Oakville, Yonville, um, and Napa itself, which is bigger. But Yonville was worth a mention because it had... Never the, have I heard of Yonville. is oh. Well, it's where... Um, What's his name? Who won? Who won an award? Like so many awards, the French Larder. Um, oh, it's a really well-known restaurant. Somebody out there will know who I'm talking about. It'll come back to me. But um, the Taste of Napa was on, which was it was totally random. We didn't we didn't plan it that way, but it was just I mean going around those stalls, sampling all the different wines and the food and so on. Um, gorgeous. And we went to Gigrich Hills. We went to Close to Val. And we went to some other winery, I can't remember, okay, but it you, was lovely. You don't need to be writing all of this down. If you're listening to the podcast in the show notes, all of this will be there and we will link to any of the wineries that Antonia thinks you yes. should visit. Okay. But in terms of the wine styles, mm-hmm. I think it's it's lovely to to go somewhere very different because people are sort of, you know, when we talk about new world, old world, it's nice to go to new world, I mean, and see, obviously, the, the, the type of wines that they, that they produce there are like... Pinot Noir is big, mm-hmm. um, but your your kind of your Cabernet Sauvignons and your Chardonnays are probably the big ones in the Symphondels. And, you know, they're a very opulent style of mm-hmm. a wine. And it's lovely to go and drink it there and with the cuisine that they that they serve there. And next door adjacent to the Napa Valley is Sonoma Valley and they're kind of cooler climate because they're more of a coastal location. So you get, you know, a different offering there again. And as I say, like sort of fresher fresher styles of wine. So that whole area, I just think it's, yeah, there's so much to do. The whole adventure, it's the real road trip yeah. wine region. The, you know? fir- the first winery I ever visited was, I was only like 21 and I went to Santa Barbara. So that was a fabulous no wine way. region. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not jealous. Santa Barbara is gorgeous, um, but I, I want to go back and visit the, the wine country. I mean, Another sorry. road trip. <laughs> yes, but it's all, Santa Barbara is important because remember we mentioned Sideways. Movie Sideways, yeah. Yeah, that's all set around Santa Barbara. Santa Inez Valley wine country. Um, the French Laundry was the restaurant I was talking about and it's Chef Thomas Keller, who is very well known. So that's in Yonville. I don't know him. Yeah, I know. Clearly you do not. Um, can I also just give a shout out to one or two other wine regions? I was in Alto at DJ. Um, Come on, tell us for, no, real, you know. Well, it's just, it's really mountainous. It's really beautiful. But what's really interesting about it is that it's a fusion of German and Italian because mm-hmm. of the history there. And it's weird because you're in Italy, but all the signposts are in German. You come across these kind of German style houses and buildings um, mixed with Italian people. Some people speak well, they all speak both languages, <laughs> but some of them talk to you or greet you in German and the others and some people greet you in Italian. It all depends on where their no family way. originated from. And that's really interesting. It's really interesting. Like I was, I was to- it totally surprised me. I wasn't expecting and it. And I'm expecting mainly white wines from here. No, there's a real mix. I mean, they have a lot of, obviously, Pinot Nero, which oh, is Pinot okay, Noir. Okay, is ba- is yeah, big so lighter and reds. it's cool okay. climate up there. So it's very much cool climate wines, but they have a real mix of international and indigenous grape varieties. So you'll see Pinot Nero, Pinot Grigio, Pinot Bianco, which is all your whites, but they have like Silvaner, La Grain. Those are so really, kind of German influences. Yeah, very okay, much so. Okay. And then they have like their Chardonnays and their Rieslings. So they actually have a very broad range of, of varieties and wines and they're big into their sparkling as well. So from that perspective, I think it's a really interesting region. I mean, we went from everything to Alois Lagadere, biodynamic producer, which was like mind blowing. Kurtach was like probably the most beautiful co-op. Uh, sorry, it is a co-op, but it was one of the most stunning tasting rooms I was ever in. Really? And France Haas. Um, the bio- Alois Lagadere I had to mention because 
They are biodynamic, um, but they're big into sustainability and they're doing amazing things. They have their winery in a little town up there in the mountains. They even bring in like children who are disadvantaged. No, but 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 sort I of you meant children to work in the no, wineries. No, no, okay, I mean sorry. sort of. I don't want to use this term, but like delinquent children who are a bit troubled, and they bring them into the winery and they do like a camp with them in the winery and and um, and the vineyards that they have and the valley floor. They have all the cattle that um, basically spend the summers up in the mountains. They come down for the winters, um, you know, to obviously to to work the soils and so on. Um, and uh, they go back up to the cheesemakers up in the mountains in the summertime. I mean, they just do amazing things. They're they're just great. I think I think sustainability as and their wines are brilliant. And I think actually, <laughs> McEnway is importing their wines now. Excellent. Okay, great. Okay, quiz, quiz time. Let's go. Okay, I'll do half of them, and you can do half. Okay. Yes. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you set? Mm-hmm. Let's go. What German wine region has very steep slopes around 65 degrees, which means it's impossible to machine harvest? Moselle. Moselle, excellente. Pudding stones, also known as galettes, and bush vines are common in this winemaking region. Um, Chateauneuf de Pape. Yeah, they'd be known for the mm-hmm. kind of chunkier stones and big, big... But does, is the listener going to benefit anything from, here, from knowing this? <laughs> When they're doing a table quiz. Okay, okay, let's go. Alba and Asti are towns in this Italian wine region. Piemonte. Very good. In northern Italy. Um, top class wines from old vine Garnacha blended with Carignan, Merlot, Cabernet and Syrah are found in this Spanish region. Priorat. In what part of Italy did New Wave winemakers break tradition and plant grape varieties generally not permitted in this area? That would be Tuscany and they were known as the Super Tuscans. Super Tuscans, yes. That's a really were. fascinating and interesting one to talk about, but we don't have time now. Um, absolutely. Mm. I, actually, that, that's, you know, time capsule kind of stuff that we'll yeah. be talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortified wine is made on this island. Madeira. Okay. You see, some of these you can answer with, that are not, you know, loads of information, but that's yeah. an easy one for you. Okay. Um, okay. Chateau Moussar is a famous wine from this wine country. Lebanon. Excellent. Love it. Okay. Do you want so, me to ask you some? Well, I kind of wrote them all, so... Do you oh, know. you've asked me them all? No, I'll ask you more. Hold on. No, this, no, I'll ask you some. Yeah, but I know the answers because I'm after writing oh, them all. But is this the way it's going to go now? One way, one way quiz? <laughs> yeah, I test you on everything. <laughs> I mean, okay. we, you've always... Everyone knows you've you've written them from the start and I've still asked you half of them. Okay. And you've just pretended you know the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do, you know. There you go. Okay. The ones I've marked with X. Linda, I think totally off the cuff, catching you off guard with these questions that you you didn't write. Fleury, Brulé, Morgon and Moulin Avant are all crews in this wine region. That would be Beaujolais. Well done. Carmenere and Pais are grapes found in this South American wine country. That would be Chile. Yep. Um, Coven... Roble, Crianza and Reserva and Gran Reserva are all ageing terms found on these Spanish wa- on this Spanish wine label region. You see, the <laughs> way you write these things. Okay, so Hoven, J-O-V-E-N. Crianza. No, we've no time for this. Keep going. No, we don't have time. Rioja. 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 Sorry. Rioja. 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 Yeah. And finally, the main red Bordeaux grape 
grapes, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, Cabernet Franc and Syrah are found in this region. Well, Syrah is not a Bordeaux variety, but I know what you mean because you're saying are found in this region in New Zealand's North Island. So you mean those Bordeaux varieties and Syrah. Did I say and Syrah or did I say? Anyway, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. and Syrah. I see. how. Okay. Okay. We need, we have an issue with syntax. <sighs> are found Jeez. in this region in New Zealand's North Island. Hawks Bay. Hawks Bay. Wonderful. Wine recommendation, Linda? Okay. My wine recommendation is a bit of a story though, Antonia. <laughs> okay. It let's have it. is a... Um, a white wine from Bordeaux in the Entre de Mer region. Um, it is Chateau Turco. Turco. That's exactly what I wasn't going to say. Okay. And um, basically, by the it, way, yeah. Just so people understand what that pause was about, you pointing the word. at the word on your page and asking me to pronounce it. <laughs> okay. Go on, Chateau. Turco. Turco. Um, I'm sure the Mer Blanc. Means. The importer is Le Cave. Okay. And um, this particular wine is a Le blend. Le Caveau, you mean? Who did I say? Oh, not Le Cave. Yeah, That's the wine bar in Dublin. Sorry, Le Caveau. Um, the wine um, is a blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon. 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 Mm-hmm. And Muscadel. And I love this because a friend of mine asked me to recommend a wine for her wedding going back 12 or 13 years ago in Gozo an island off Malta where she was getting married Wow I know and it was a stunning place by the way and uh, never heard of it yeah I know people mm. don't know it it is so fabulous you to get a, a little um, a ferry mm-hmm. off to the little gorgeous island anyway she sent me the wine list and asked me to pick the wines and I picked this particular white and I said this is going to be a crowd pleaser light fresh crisp gorgeous and but would pair with lots of the food from from the area as mm-hmm. well had a little bit of texture a little bit of aromatic floral and fresh mm-hmm. and crisp anyway it went down an absolute hit herself Celine and her husband were into their red wines not really their whites mm-hmm. but they fell in love with the white obviously because I picked it and um, 10 years on her father-in-law brought had brought back a bottle to celebrate their 10 year anniversary and gift it to them oh that's gorgeous yeah it was brown Completely oxidized oh, no. and completely yeah. and utterly. Sorry, it was brown. This out from the, the same, same batch. He brought he brought oh. the bottle back with him. Oh, so sorry. Okay. It was, but he actually didn't ten give it years to, later. Yeah, but he gave oh, it to God. them on their eleventh anniversary. He thought they were only married like ten years, but it was their eleventh year. And I don't think it was that them. year that made made the difference. No, no I know I think the, the damage was done. Exactly. Uh, so I have a photograph that Celine has allowed me to share. So I'm going to share that in the email and uh, on social media because the, the juice is brown. But it will, it's a stunning wine. Please give it a go for a white Bordeaux. Yeah. Um, and it'll not keep the 10 years, but it'll keep the yeah. couple. <laughs> I haven't tried that. I must it's check fabulous. it out. It's fabulous. Really okay. is. Love it. Great. What about yourself? What have you got to recommend? Well, of course, I have to go to Hereth with this wine recommendation. Really? So, yeah. Shocker. Come on. <laughs> so, um, I'm just going for a manzanilla um, and one that is 
you know, available here in Ireland. Okay. La Gitana Manzanilla. Um, I just really like this because I think it's a it's a perfect expression of a manzanilla. It's bone dry, fresh. It's got, you know, pungent mineral and savoury aromas. So almonds, chamomiles, bitter herbal notes, tangy acidity and a really dry, salty finish. It's just a fantastic food wine. Albeit, I do understand it doesn't taste quite the same, you know, on a dull day in Ireland, you know, <laughs> where it's raining outside versus sitting outside in the you know, beautiful blue skies and the warmth of the head at sun, um, having your tapas. But this is a food wine. So you're talking about all the salty foods, olives, salted almonds, mm-hmm. anchovies, sardines, you know, Iberico hams, manchego cheeses, aged manchego oh, cheese. Stop, I'm starving now. I know. Um, imported by James Nicholson and stocked in uh, Donnybrook Fair. I know that for a fact. I think it's stocked in corkscrew wine merchants and I think a multitude of other independents. But I had, you know, a bit of difficulty finding out um, which ones exactly. But it's, it's relatively um, widely available. And in the UK, it's even listed. there in the north. And UK. Yeah, in, okay, in the UK, great. it's definitely listed in, in the likes of Sainsbury's, uh, Waitrose, Tesco and so on. Um, I also just want to mention that, you know, if you're looking for a good Fino or Manthony, a good dry style of sherry, you know, Tio Pepe, I, you know, I know it's an iconic brand and it's everywhere, but it's, it's a really good benchmark Fino. Starting point. It's yeah. really good. I mean, you know, down in Jerez, all, you know, everybody down there drinks Tio Pepe as well. It's made like in the centre of Jerez. It's as fresh as can be. And I, I know there's, you know, the element of travel and it doesn't have a very short lifespan in the bottle. Or sorry, a very long lifespan in the bottle. But um, it's a really good uh, benchmark and they have a big turnover, you know, mm-hmm. because they're, they're such a popular brand. Um, but if you're looking for a sherry that suits our climate mm-hmm. and especially coming into autumn and winter, I, you know, Go to Amontillado, go to Oloroso, also fabulous, fabulous food So there wines. are different styles of sherry that aren't like Fino and Manzanilla? No, they're okay. browner in colour, they're nuttier, they're a bit more mm-hmm. complex. They're kind Perfect of... Perfect for autumnal. They're, they're high alcohol, obviously, you're going into 18, 19%, 20%, but they are autumnal and they but go But they're with, sipping drinks, like these aren't normal glass of wine, they're sipping. They are sipping, yeah. but they're fabulous. That's it for this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, everyone. Cheers. You have been listening to Wine, the Long and the Short of It with me, Antonia Dominguez. And me, Linda Coogan, in proud partnership with Give Wine a Future.